everybody. Welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Joey. And I'm Jeremy. And this week we're, we're Chipper. Chipper. We're, Chipper we're, boys. Yeah, dude. We're listening to an album that I uh, suggested last week. By, it's a very, very chipper album. Yeah, very chipper album. <laughs> it's called Color Me in Kindness by Basement. And uh, there's no spaces in that album title. It's just Color Me in Kindness. And it's with a U in color because they're British. British. So, British. Is that an old joke? Are we allowed to, to still use that? Dude, I mean, it's new to everybody who's listening to this, which is nobody. Obligatory. <laughs> nobody listens to our podcast joke. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, why'd you why'd you pick this album, Joey? Well, so recently we're, we've been trying to do albums that we haven't really don't really have a history with. Yeah, and I've just been going through my notebook that I started whenever we started doing this podcast, where I was like actually like I was actively looking for music mm-hmm. and just found this album on there. I had written some stuff about the first two tracks, but I don't think I ever finished the album. Yeah, so. I was like, you know what? It's it's time. I'll just we'll do this one. So. That is that's an interesting note, I think, in in the context of having listened to this whole album. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't want to I don't want to drag us out. I feel like it's going to be a long episode, regardless, because I've written a lot. Surprisingly, I've written more about the lyrics and the music on this album. Oh, but um, so we're we're just gonna I, I we're just gonna dive right into the whole thing and, yeah. and get through it step by step. Well, the first whole track on this album is uh, track number one, Hole. <laughs> it is indeed. This song immediately hits with some nostalgia vibes for me. Yeah. It has this like early 2000s Need for Speed soundtrack kind of <laughs> rock to it. And I fucking love it. It oh reminds me of bands like Hotwire and Unwritten Law. And, and even at some points like Story of the Year, when it gets a little bit more emo-y, I suppose. The vocals in this are exactly what they need to be to fit the music the guitar tones are just great the the song is just a great feeling yeah okay cool i'm glad you think it because i was wondering if his voice was going to be too like emo whiny yeah for you which i mean it's just the right amount and i think the music helps it yeah because because it's very nostalgic having that kind of sound yeah, like it's just this super thick and chunky without being it's not metal is the thing. Yeah. But it's hard rock. It's hard rock, but it's just so like shoegazy, but it's not even Yeah. Like I it's don't kind even, of Deftones shoegazy in, yeah. in some ways, but not as extreme, I guess. Yeah, it's the thing that I had written about this song is that it reminded me immediately, I think back whenever I listened to it, it reminded me of the guitar tone in like Everlong, but more. Yeah. I actually called out Everlong later on in the album. I did. I did too on my notes, but I didn't bring it in necessarily to this one, but I figured I'd bring it up because you said it was so nostalgic and that's like, it hit that sound. I agree. (laughs) It's a good sound. Yeah, it is a good sound. This album sounds great for the most part, I think. Well, awesome. Okay. That's a good start. Uh, (laughs) Lyrically, you said you had, uh, written a bunch about the lyrics yeah but was this so th- uh this uh, this one's not so okay basically the gist of all of my lyrics not all of them several songs on this album i feel like are written about me <laughs> that i have shit. a very like strong relation to the content of the lyrics at least what i was interpreting from them yeah so i think i tended to kind of like dive deeper into the analysis of this character that is also myself at some <laughs> points but not on this one this one uh the lyrics for me just they're like some fairly like standard emo <laughs> lyrics i guess about being unsure if your feelings are being reciprocated by someone you love and then the chorus of the song makes me think that the singer knows the answer to that question because he's saying lie to me make me see which kind of makes me think that like he knows it's not reciprocated but he doesn't want to accept it yet. Yeah, it, it. That's pretty much what I got. Like, man, that's cool. Okay, yeah. I, I'm trying to picture in my mind what uh, what songs you're talking about. Oh, we'll I get think, into it. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> will. But I don't. Want, I don't want you to covet my my relationship with this album that you picked for me. But well, shit, man. I guess we'll just relate right on to track number two. <laughs> covet. Yes, we are flying through these segues, and Hell for a yeah. reason. 
this one, I, <laughs> the first note on this song is seriously, the moody vibes on this album <laughs> are great. I just, I really love the tone of everything on this album. This one's a slower track. It almost hits like a, a Pixies Where's My Mind feel. Oh my God. And then it kind of like gets to like some kind of Incubus vibes in, in the, the chorus. I know we're doing, I'm doing a lot of relating this to other music. But that's just where my mind is for this. Like, where's my? Where mind? is your mind? <laughs> that's not. That was not intentional. But that's just kind of where it it felt for me in this kind of like early two. This album came out in 2012, by the way, which surprised me. Yeah, because it feels solid, like early 2000s, maybe mid 2000s for a lot of it. I definitely agree. And where is my mind is the only note I had written about this song in my <laughs> notebook. I just wrote where is my mind next to covet. So hell yeah. The vocals on this one, I, I, this is where I called it out, and I'm kind of calling myself out on this because I give a lot of shit about bad vocalists when they're within the context of a lot of the folk punk and stuff that we've done in the past. But I feel like within the context of this music, it feels more like raw and pained to me, and maybe it's just because I'm I'm relating to it or something. But uh, I, I just feel like the the kind of quote unquote bad singing doesn't bother me at all in this kind of music i mean i agree with you also that's coming from i guess the point of view that i have where bad vocals just kind of in general don't don't get me but like there's just something about especially right before the chorus hits in where he's taught the lyrics that he's singing are good heart and a desire to please i want a fatal disease like the harshness that he puts on his voice in that is just it's great like it, it just hits this primal urge inside of me to just scream and it's awesome. Yeah. He has a lot of good clean vocals and a lot of good harsh vocals on this album. And even the, the good clean vocals are sometimes not good. Just, <laughs> like he, he like, I think in, in the last track, there's one note or something that he's flat intentionally on. And it just, it nails the vibe. I think that needed to be nailed for it. Yeah. Well, speaking of vocals, uh, the things that he's singing, the words <laughs> that are coming out of this vocalist, this some this song i feel like is a, a very universal song to like a certain type of person mm-hmm. and just i mean it opens with when i'm with you i don't want to be with you and just that line like it goes deeper than not liking somebody to, to me where i mean i guess if you just said that it could sound like oh you don't like that person but i the way he sings it comes off as like the feeling of being lonely when you're next to somebody else or when you're around other people, like yeah, the, the feeling of loneliness that you don't get when you're alone, where it's like, you feel, I don't, so disconnected from either a specific person that you're near or just people in general that you feel worse off when you're next to people. And that's yeah. just like something that hits decently close to home. I'd say. Yeah, I agree. This one, it wasn't like, right on the nose for me relating it to myself for this one it kind of felt i feel like this was kind of the start of where the story started forming in my mind mm-hmm. for this album and with the the singer seems to be i took it to be uh, about a lover that he had like an ex-girlfriend or whatever and or maybe current girlfriend i guess at the time the 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 perspective of the song is from but it seemed like he wanted something more or different i guess he he felt like the person he was with was maybe just too like direct and and open and proper and there's no there's not like any mystery or excitement behind that he wants some kind of drama i guess within his relationship and there's not really anything there and he's kind of bored of it i guess yeah he wants the spice of life yeah which is it's a big theme on this album at least from what i was pulling yeah, definitely. He's uh I guess he's been spoiled with too much not enough adversity in his life and now he definitely needs some. Exactly. And that's that's a great thing to write a song about and I think he did in track number 3 actually coincidentally called Spoiled. Oh my god, it's almost like he wrote that song <laughs> specifically about something along that line. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of music notes on this one. This kind of just keeps that the nostalgia train rolling with the more like upbeat kind of grungy alt hard rock kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's got like a little bit of a chuggier start, I guess, and it's more I don't know alt rock than hard rock, but yeah, it it they definitely keep that same early two thousands sound. 
which it does blow my mind that their first album didn't come out till 2011. So like, it's not even like they're, yeah, they're they continuing this sound. Like yeah. <laughs> I, the fact that these guys, and I mean, I guess like they were just really inspired by that sound, which you hear a lot now, but yeah. it, they just nail it so well. I think. I agree. The, 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 the music on this album just it perfectly captures the mood that it needs to capture. I think lyrically, like literally the first bullet point this song is about me. <laughs> this is what I wrote. It's like the song, the way I interpreted the song is it's about like feeling super jaded about life because you've lived so like lukewarm comfortably that you kind of resent yourself for it. And and it's about growing apathetic because there's none of that adversity, none of that struggle to incite you to change anything. You just kind of coast along living life, which I think is a theme that comes up a lot in this album. And that's something that I kind of relate to. A lot unfortunately um i feel like the the context created by covet being the prior track kind of informs the direction of the song quite a bit as well where it seems like the singer like kind of like i mentioned or teased i guess in the last one the singer seems like he's just bored with the mundane carefree life and wants something different and he kind of feels selfish about it like he's aware of of how shitty it is i suppose so he he kind of like he feels selfish for wanting some sort of conflict or struggle because other people have it way worse and would kill to have a mundane life. He feels bad about it. And it's kind of just this grass is always greener on the other side thing. When you have a, a calm, quiet life, you want something more exciting. And when something's more exciting, you want something calm. And I also kind of backtracked to the first track and it made me wonder if the first track was written from the perspective of someone who thinks the singer doesn't care much because he didn't he kind of like at his apathy towards relationships i suppose in general is or i guess not apathy towards relationships but towards people uh, is a big theme on this album as well so i i feel like maybe it was either him projecting onto the relationship in the first track or it's actually talking about himself instead of about his partner that's kind of what i was wondering too because like i mean I'm sorry, I had a lot of notes there that you probably had input on, and I just kept going. Nah, dude, like, you wrote the, essentially the same thing that I wrote, apparently, because, uh, I don't know, just, like, throughout my life, I felt like I'm kind of like, which, this is a pretty fucking privileged uh, position to take. For sure. But I, I'm, I've always felt like I'm just, like, this boilerplate average fucking human being who's just kind of coasting through life, has haven't had too much adversity which i definitely recognize the fact that like i'm saying i'm an average person like globally i'm not an average person but like i mean average in like the most boring Boring. of ways like which is just i don't know whenever you're whenever you're dead inside because you feel so bored you want to feel alive and that's like a feeling that i can relate to where it's like i mean i went through a fucking whirlwind tailspin of a period of my life essentially chasing that feeling Mm-hmm. and it was stupid of me but it was like something that i feel like i had to do because yeah. i was so stuck in this feeling that this guy's talking about here and it's this is kind of where i was like i bet this is where he's he's gonna say because like i don't know not that we've lived the same life i know we've we've definitely had different paths but For sure. we come from the same area so i feel like this yeah, is... we're both very privileged and, and there's not a lot of drama there's not a lot of excitement in our lives we're, yeah. we're both very privileged like you said and have comfortable like just just comfortable living styles i suppose we, we were very fortunate to be born into such lifestyles i guess yeah like there, there, there's there's guilt associated with that obviously but like i don't know it, it feels worse when you're when you're kind of wanting a tragedy to strike or or you're wanting something to to talk about to to, to be interesting i guess to to make your life i guess stand out a little bit more than than everyone else but yeah maybe maybe that's a bit extreme to say i mean i don't think it's a bit i don't think it's extreme because like even on this album he talks about i mean the guilt that you feel from having that life but then the guilt for feeling guilt for having the life so like there's just like layers of fucking (laughs) guilt guilt (laughs) for sure like yeah in the song he says i know nothing of real pain I'm a child and I'm spoiled. I hate myself for my complaints. I'm pathetic and I'm bored. I cry simply at the thought. I crumble at the sight. And it's just like, 
I don't know, man. It's it's too real for me. It, <laughs> it, it's way too close to home because it's just like I mean, yeah, I lost my mom, right? So you could argue that it, I've had some traumatic experiences or whatever, but it doesn't feel that way to me. And maybe that's just the way I've I've coped with it or not coped with it or something. But like I don't know, it just just I I hate the fact that I feel like I'm stagnating and not really just kind of like instead of exploring opportunities and and experiencing things for most of my life i've just been kind of on the same straight safe path yeah that's a little foreshadowing for for something (laughs) but just just not taking any risks just kind of like taking it easy and and coasting yeah i hate hate myself for it yeah i I feel that like i I pine to live a life in in which i don't feel safe every second i mean i feel anxiety but that doesn't mean I'm not safe. Yeah. So I, 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 I definitely, maybe you can, you can find some comfort and, and, and ease your anxiety and maybe live a little bit by going on to the next track. Number four, pine, ah, pine, pine, <laughs> like the tree, <laughs> like, like a pine tree. What is a pine tree pining for? Uh, sap. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it has a lot of sap. It does. I don't know what it wants, man. It's, it's pining for another tree's sap. It's oh, all baby. about love. Swap I, and I sap. Don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> Swap and sap. That's like that's. There's a name, a band name, an album name in there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but this one, it takes on a more head boppy feel. I couldn't really describe it any other way. But yeah. it, where the other ones were kind of slower, this one, it at least, dude. I don't know, like, because I consider the misfits like head boppy music, where you're just like, yeah, like no matter what it's talking about you're just like you want to move your head kind of side to side bop it a little bit but that's that's the feel i got from this out or from this song yeah it kind of like it brightens up a bit too and it kind of like i don't know i wrote that it it felt almost like a poppy kind of like love song even though the lyrics do not imply that (laughs) just the the general like vibe changes a little bit here and it, it seems a bit more manic i suppose than the depressive kind of tone in the rest of the album which was yeah yeah there was also a point on the vocals here um i feel like he sounds a little bit like an alternate universe billy joe armstrong from green day (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's an interesting point i don't know if i made the connection vocally but at several points in this album i was like i could definitely see this being a green day song Which is, maybe maybe yeah. it was just the atmosphere that that yeah. got me there, but I was just like, <laughs> it, something about this. I feel like I'm listening to a Green Day song. Yeah, and it's totally like it. It doesn't sound like the the tone and stuff. Like it's clearly distinct. It's not like they're imitating Green Day or anything. But yeah, there, there's just some vibes in there that are that are teasing it, like similar things that, that Green Day does. Lyrically, this one was another all too relatable song for me. <laughs> I think he sings about like needing to be loved despite the fact that he doesn't love anyone and he has no attachment to any one specific person, but he still wants to be wanted and he knows it's like it's incredibly selfish and unfair because he feels like he's incapable of giving that love, but he wants it kind of back. Just just wanting something that you can't equally provide to somebody feels bad. And I think I've definitely felt that in the past. Yeah, I agree. Like it's it's like you're almost more in love with the feeling that you get, like the the loving feeling and not necessarily even being attached to the person who is giving you that right. feeling. It's just like a completely separate thing where not to sound extremely harsh, but the per- the other person is almost like the means to an end. Yeah, the, absolutely. The end is the feeling you get from them or the the love you get from them or whatever. 100%. I mean, everybody wants to be wanted. Right. And I think this song and a lot of this album kind of approaches that from the side of like, yeah, I want to be wanted, but I don't want anybody kind of a thing where he, he doesn't, he's, he's kind of apathetic, I guess, towards people. He doesn't really feel any romantic connection. He just, he wants something that he cannot give anybody else. And in that aspect, it's kind of like selfish and guilty. I think at least that's the way I do it because I feel sometimes I feel that way about myself <laughs> where I'm just like, I feel like I'm so disconnected and incapable of feeling such strong feelings towards somebody 
but at the same time it would absolutely be fantastic if there was somebody that felt that strongly about me that was a very depressing thing to say <laughs> in hindsight i'm not actually like depressed I'm, i've i've reconciled my loneliness or I, I guess i'm continually reconciling that but i'm not bothered by the thought of being alone i guess just to be clear yeah i mean i get what you're saying like i mean full disclosure i have been in a committed relationship that i'm i'm glad to be in yeah regardless of how what things that i say might come off or how depressed i might sound about things or how like disconnected from the world i might sound i've been in this relationship for i mean like eight and a half years we have a child together so like yeah. i'm speaking from a person who is we have a six-year-old child together is, yeah. the, is the thing like it's not even but i don't know I, it, this is definitely a feeling that I felt, and it's a feeling that essentially ate up part of my my adolescence mm-hmm. because I I was in a terrible relationship with a person that I one hundred percent did not like only because you're I was addicted to this feeling. So I I almost took the opposite direction where it's not that I was reconciling my loneliness, I was like trying to fill that void with the feeling while reconciling the fact that I was getting it from a person that I felt the almost the opposite about. Yeah, that sounds very topical for track number five, Bad Apple. <laughs> so we're going to go on and, and, and move to that and continue this discussion, I guess. this Because Bad Apple, on, on the surface level, it's just about being trapped in a bad relationship, which yeah. is kind of like what you're talking about. But beneath the sweet skin of the apple, it, it's definitely it definitely seems more along the lines of the depth of what you were just talking about where he, he's talking about like forming a bad relationship while you're in a dark place and then never letting go of it. Even once you get out of that dark place, like an addiction that you can't shake or something that just no matter how you change your life, you're always kind of drawn back to it. Yeah, dude, it's hard. Like, and that's the thing. Rotten fruit gets a lot sweeter before it turns absolutely terrible. Like, have you ever eaten no. Eating a, a a really old banana, that shit's fucking like just eating pure sugar. <laughs> I've not. I don't think I've ever eaten a, an almost rotten banana. Yeah. Well, don't try it. I mean, <laughs> I'm not recommending it, but it's really yeah. sweet. Yeah, uh, I don't think I I relate necessarily to this track in that way because I don't think I've ever had that kind of need to stick with a bad relationship in a way. I definitely relate to the same relationship in a different way that comes up in later tracks, um, which I, I guess I'll go into then when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. Like, I don't know. My whole life has been conquered by vices. So, yeah. and, uh, and this just constitutes one of those. Is this the song that you were going to relate to Everlong? It is. It okay. is. So yeah, <laughs> musically, this one kind of goes back to the minor key kind of sad boy stuff the guitar tone on this song is just so good yeah. i love the guitar tone i i note that so many times in the album and yeah the the, the chord progression specifically along with the guitar tone in this song definitely gives everlong vibes dude like just i'm gonna take a second everlong is such a good <laughs> fucking song it really is <laughs> like it it's something it's just like throughout my life it has been a constant and it's like every time it comes I come back to think of it. I'm just like, even more so. I'm just like, that yeah. song. It's just, it's, it's a song that like you listen to and you think it's great. And then you give it some space and you come back and you listen to it and you think it's even better. And it just yeah. like, it never stops getting better. And it, yeah, it is like one of those absolutely timeless songs. I think like, I agree. God, uh, I just need some time to fucking breathe after thinking <laughs> about Everlong. All right, all right. We can we can give you give you some space from Everlong and talk about track number six. Breathe. Okay, cool, cool. As long as we're talking about a different track. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> this one it does have like a different sound. Like, yes. I mean, it's it's a six song sixth song on the album out of ten songs. It's the second half. It does bring in a new sound where it's like got this cool bassy guitar melody at the beginning, like. It's. I'm glad they changed it up at this point. Like, not to say that I don't love the sound of the first tr- five tracks, yeah. but it's it's good to hear some new stuff here. Hear what else they have in their arsenal. I agree. I it, this one it slows it up. It's kind of this like sad boy anthem kind of deal to it, and I don't. I'm not. I don't think I enjoy the song as much as you do, based on what you were just describing. <laughs> I feel like 
for better or worse, they made the song feel as long as possible. It is the longest song on the album, but I think that's just like enhanced by the fact that it has a slower tempo. It has kind of a different sound and it's just surrounded. A lot of this track is like two and a half minute songs. So going from that to like a five and a half minute song in the middle of the album, just like it really makes this song drag on very long to me. And I'm, I'm I'm not really into that. I, I like this song in the same way. I mean, I don't know. I I like. I think uh, contextually it's cool. Yeah. But I I don't know. I'm just not. There there wasn't a lot that like stood out to me that make this song interesting to me. As long as this song is, yeah, I didn't have a ton of notes on it. Just that I liked the difference in it, and I do like the slower. Because I mean, I I like like doom metal and stuff where they just yeah. play the same fucking riff for like twenty for the drone, minutes. Drone metal. Yeah. But yeah, drone metal. Uh, but also in this one, his voice. I, just something about the way that he sings this song. Mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on it, but like how you were talking about is like, as soon as we started this, this episode, there's just something so nostalgic about the way that he's singing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It just, it hits whatever part of my brain that leads me through life. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy with it. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Sound lyrically. This one was kind of hard for me to read, but I think it, it seems like the singer has maybe confessed his true feelings or lack thereof, I guess, to his partner and is kind of expecting and maybe even hoping for his partner to break up with him because he doesn't want the guilt associated with breaking up or because he thinks that he doesn't have any good reason enough to break up with them. It's easier for him to find reasons to be dumped than to do the dumping, which I think is also kind of relatable to me. Just like yeah. being being in a relationship where you're like, yeah, I don't have any good grounds. Like I'm I'm with a good person and they they don't do anything wrong, but I'm not feeling the way that I should be feeling, and they don't deserve that kind of treatment from me. But instead of breaking up with them because I can't really justify it, I just hope that they break up with me. Yeah, that's where I uh, also where I went. Like it was uh, to harken back to the relationship that I was talking about earlier that was essentially the whirlwind that took up like three and a half years of my adolescent life. That's kind of where it ended where mm-hmm. it just like, I mean, not to say that in the, in my case, the, that the other person was necessarily uh, a saint or anything, but right. like, but that's kind of where it happened where it was like, we were both young. We were both naive. It was, it was just, more emotions about the emotions that we were having than about each other. And you're kind of just trying to figure out a reason because it's like whenever you're so anxious that something's going to end. Cause you don't know, you don't know how to cope after the fact where you're yeah. just like, I just want to kind of find a natural way for this to stop without having to like cause too much conflict and just <laughs> right. hope that something just happens. Yeah. And I think it's kind of interesting, like on a meta level, because it's kind of, similar to the theme that we kind of discussed earlier of having such a normal slash boring life and wanting something to happen, wanting that conflict, wanting that drama to stir up just so you you have something different. Obviously it's kind of in a different context within the relationship where you're hoping it ends, I guess, but that's kind of an interesting parallel. Yeah. I've always chalked that up because I have thought about that before where it's like, I don't know. You're you're wanting all these adventures. If I say adventures, people's strife that happens in real life is <laughs> right. not an adventure. But like whenever you whenever you think about it, it's this romanticized version of these things that are happening. Yeah. In in your mind that doesn't necessarily have much context to what what's happening or what what the actual situation would be. But then whenever mm. you're faced with it, I mean, it's kind of like depression in a way where you're stuck and you're so comfortable with right whatever it is, even if it's completely uncomfortable that you don't necessarily know how to get out or the anxiety that surrounds getting out is so great that you're just like, no, I'm, I'm just going to sit here until I'm not going to make any moves. I'm just going to sit here until whatever happens is over. You just, I'm just going to shut my eyes yeah. and it's, I I'm relinquishing control to the universe. Yeah. And you're relinquishing control of the, the direction of this episode to me so that I can guide us on to track number seven, Control. Thank God, I'm glad you picked that up. <laughs> this one uh, brings back the energy 
a bit. It's got this like pounding snare and then this kind of like repeating droning almost guitar and bass line. And it doesn't, it, it feels like it's building to like some sort of explosion of energy and it doesn't for a while. It kind of like rides this, this kind of flat same energy level for most of the song. And I, I use flat in a good way. I, well, I guess not inherently good, but not inherently bad. It's just like, it's super interesting to me that it kind of like, it's a very flat song. Most of the way through it, you're, you're kind of anticipating it to change and it doesn't, the vocals don't really have this energy to them. The, the music just kind of keeps happening to you. And then the outro of the song is when this kind of release finally happens where it's all instrumental and, and the energy kind of feels like it maybe hit a boiling point and is just kind of like pouring out uh, over, over the pot. It's nothing like super wild or crazy, but it's, I thought it was just an interesting structure for a song. Yeah, I agree. Like just the feeling that it makes you have, it's an, which I, I feel like I meant to point this out in another song, but I didn't. But like, it's almost like the feeling that they're trying to make the music make you feel is like the point of it more than yeah. the actual lyrics or the music itself or anything. It's like trying to get a get an emotion to happen within you, and it works really well because like I don't know, there's this weird backwards sounding filter on his voice here. It's his and his vocal track is mixed like really low behind right. that just sn- that pounding snare and like the guitar that keeps coming throughout like the whole intro and it just it makes you feel on edge and i I feel like that's the point which is weird because the song's called control and i feel like i have no control over my reaction to this song (laughs) yeah i think it's i think it's i think you're right in the intentional like design of it to make you feel a certain way i think it's an interesting spin on wanting to gain control of your life because again the kind of flat like droning sensation of the song kind of puts you in this mindset of like driving on an interstate highway going home from something super late at night where you're kind of like sleepy you're not really like you're not really thinking too much you're not paying a total amount of attention but it's okay because there's not a lot of other cars and it's it's a fairly straight path which i mean the the the, lyrically the song doesn't have a lot of words it says fear swallow me whole life help me take control feel safe fly straight and to me i kind of thought that this was more like him wanting to gain control of his life but not in the typical like my life is spiraling out of control and i'm making bad decisions kind of way kind of the opposite and that he kind of wants control of his life to make decisions that aren't going to keep him on this kind of boring mundane safe straight path that he's been coasting on his whole life he wants to detour and experience other things instead of just taking the most direct route through his life to his inevitable death and and wanting to experience some of the drama and the tragedy that we've been talking about yeah i got that too and like also to the other direction though where he's wanting the control to i guess live his life and feel alive but also not make the the absolute irrational decisions that a lot of people make when they're just trying to live like the, the typical, I guess you'd consider it like midlife crisis type stuff where yeah. like you, you see somebody who's been working a desk job for 20 years and they go out and fucking blow all their money at a, at like a casino or do whatever by just, a yacht. <laughs> yeah. Like they just go crazy. Like it's like you want wanting to find that middle ground where you can, you can live your life, not, just absolutely succumb to the monotony that is whatever you're currently doing and but not go crazy at the same time man we're all going crazy we're going crazy until we fade to black yeah we are and we're going crazy until we start tracking our, talking about track number eight black <laughs> easy segues this easy. one i again the guitar tone that gets called out I, I love it i could listen to the opening riff of the song that's just like the guitar tone on a loop forever and be totally fine with it. I think Uh, it does change up a bit at the end. There's like this chuggy kind of guitar ending to it and the vocals get a bit more harsh and it kind of hits like a a killing joke kind of vibe for me, which I'm obviously super into. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out because I don't know if it was this track or one of the next two tracks, but I did 
I forgot the the singer vocalist name from Killing Joke, but whenever he he even kind of does it in Hole, whenever yeah. he's like singing "Lie to Me," it's like a lesser version, not lesser yeah. as in worse, but not as like as intense as Jazz Coleman. <laughs> yeah, Jazz Coleman. Yeah, there we go. It's not as intense as his, but you can definitely hear it there for sure. Which is a good sound. I like that yeah. sound. Yeah, it's and we talked cool. about it in our Killing Joke episode. Go listen to that. Yeah, <laughs> plug in our other episodes. Hell go watch yeah. all of them. Go watch every good. single one of them. This is what episode ninety five. So God, you got a few to a few to catch up if you're just joining us. Holy shit, that's like that's like a task now to try it to is. catch up on our. Episode. That's a commitment. Yeah. It's like trying to watch Critical Role like yeah. halfway through a season. You, just, where you're like, you can't do it. Can I do too, it's too far gone. <laughs> it's hundreds of hours. God, but God. but yeah, lyrically, I do not relate to to this track at all. Uh, unless I'm lying, bum bum bum, <gasps> because the songs he starts off saying I tell lies. Yeah, but are you telling lies though? I'm not. Oh, I'm okay. not. This song is like, I mean, I guess to some extent you can you can probably shoehorn a connection, but the songs are like the singer expressing that he's built up this kind of whole life of lies around someone and has kind of trapped himself in those lies, hiding the truth and and taking it to the grave because he doesn't want to like. He doesn't. I maybe there's guilt associated with building up such a intricate story of lies, but he he's he says he'd rather die than have the person find out what he's trying to hide. I can't necessarily uh, relate to the whole lying thing because is that a lie? Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> but but in the way that like I was talking about wanting something like wanting something to end without like necessarily declaring your feelings yeah that part i could a a version of me could have related to in the past where it's like ever ever since then i feel like i've made great strides to being an open person Mm -hmm. and not just bottling everything up but i can definitely at least relate to that feeling not hiding hiding tiger you're truly feeling but as far as like blatant lying goes, nah, not really. That's yeah, and maybe it's just the the hyperbole of song, but it seems like he's really like built up a lot of of lies and stuff here. Like he says, "I tell lies. If I didn't, you'd be horrified. I'd rather die than have you find out what I'm trying to hide. I can't escape these walls I made surrounding me." So it just I don't know. It felt much more ominous and impending than just like I guess the the lying in the the sense of just like obscuring your true intent like feelings i guess for someone but i guess within the context of the album it's not that far of a stretch yeah it almost felt like it was like lies like in a manipulation sort of way right it's kind of like how i felt and i was just like i don't know it was i was i was with you for a while (laughs) (laughs) yeah you had me and then you lost me But uh, maybe it'll be some comfort when we hear the next track and see if we can get back on track. Oh, you mean track number nine, Comfort? Yeah! (laughs) This one's another more kind of like clean, emo-ish sounding song, uh, which, I I don't know, this one, it's short, it's two minutes and 19-ish seconds long, um, and it ends kind of abruptly, like there's a long musical intro to it, and then the lyrics come in, and then the song kind of just like chops off, which makes it feel more of like an intro into the next track than a standalone track by itself yeah i i agree it like not i mean this is the i think i guess this is the shortest track on the album like i think it is yeah i think so but yeah it it almost feels super short but at the same time it's like it does feel like just a long intro to the next track yeah it kind of bridges i really like the layout of this last portion of the album because like comfort feels like a good bridge to the final track where it like it it both lyrically and musically i think it it kind of covers the ground that it needs to it gives space for some reflection before the kind of i guess climax of the story and then lyrically it kind of also like resets some momentum or or expectations from it i think yeah and lyrically to to touch on that point I feel like this one, I don't know. It kind of sheds the like being relatable as well. Like I'm, I'm not attached to the lyrics in this song. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily cut to my core because this one, it, it seems like 
he's wanting to go back to being a child or he still feels like a child which maybe in that case i could have related to it in the past but it i mean it's pick me up put me on your shoulders sing to me to help me get to sleep the picture frame has seen much better days but on the wall it's gonna going to stay and that that makes me i guess it just makes me think that he still feels like a child that is living in a bubble which is that part is relatable but i don't know just something about it it doesn't seem like something i would sing if i were writing a song where where uh as some of the previous songs sound like if someone were were to like look inside my brain i was like okay yeah yeah we'll we'll turn that into this (laughs) (laughs) yeah i took this in a kind of a slightly different direction and that like it is kind of vague and open to interpretation again but this kind of had the feeling for me of the singer kind of reflecting and being nostalgic and and kind of touching on the same general points as what you had said but it seemed like he was wanting i mean kind of tying back to some of the earlier tracks he's wanting somebody to comfort him some someone to embrace him and to help like just having someone there that will help him like fall asleep by like just being present as as that kind of thing goes as his mom did when he was a child kind of thing so not like a literal like i wish i was a child again so that my mother could help me but just wanting something similar that kind of motherly love from a partner or or from somebody in life which again we've discussed early in the album that he he wants that he wants to be wanted he there's a comfort in being in a relationship even though he knows he doesn't necessarily quote-unquote deserve to have that he wants that kind of comfort yeah, and it sounds like he's not even fully equipped to have it, but... Yeah, he doesn't know how to handle it. You can, can always wish, him. man. <laughs> <laughs> Drag number 10, wish! <laughs> we made it to the end. This one has a very, like, epic building kind of intro. It's very kind of theatrical and almost proggy in, in some sense. The guitar riff in the verse reminded me of uh, Cherub Rock by Smashing <laughs> Pumpkins. Uh but yeah, this it's a five minute song. It actually does have a pretty good amount of progression as the song goes on, which makes it feel not as flat and long as Breathe did for me. I mean, obviously it's a little bit shorter, but the just the changes throughout the song kind of leads to this kind of like darker midsection that breaks up the energy and, and builds up for the big finale. I think it's a very good ending track. Yeah, and especially with the ending that they take here, where it's like it's the vocal part of this song ends probably about at the three minute mark and then they just kind of have this this cool jam type of ending where it's just like they write it out on the music and uh i mean we've been talking about how how good the music is or how good this the general sound is at least on this album (laughs) the vibe yes there we go uh i feel like it definitely rides that vibe out straight to the end and it's a nice 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 end cap yeah and and i think uh, lyrically it i don't know if it necessarily ties anything up it kind of s- starts the cycle over i suppose in that it it seems like the singer is is now fearful of losing his lover of his, his girlfriend or whatever because he still craves the affection and, and the comfort as mentioned in the last track despite being still like so detached and apathetic about the person behind it which again is something that i maybe relate to too much Oh, do you? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I, I've definitely had feelings. Like, I a couple of years ago, I was dating someone, and this it was kind of a similar situation. This is going to get too real, but oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it succinct. Basically, I had a very similar situation where I, I just I wasn't feeling the way that I thought I should be feeling towards this person, and there was nothing wrong with them. It was just that I I feel like, and and it's not specific i guess to that relationship at many points in my life i felt that i've just like not been emotionally capable of being a good partner in a relationship just because i'm so like detached and apathetic for a lot of things but there's still this like as soon as my last relationship ended it kind of like hit me that i was alone and that i i did enjoy having somebody there even if i wasn't feeling anything for that person specifically it was nice you know having someone to sleep next to or having someone that's just kind of present 
even if you don't give a shit about them as a person, which that's, that's not, that's a very extreme thing to say. Yeah. I, I still talk to that person. We're still friends. Like I don't have any negative feelings or anything, but there wasn't that kind of like love connection that I think she deserved, I guess, yeah. from the relationship. Definitely. Like, and that's a thing, like, I mean, not saying that that wasn't, was or wasn't the case for, for you, but I feel like, I mean, I also have a hard time feeling things just in general. Like, yeah. a question that I often got throughout, well, have gotten throughout my life is like, are you mad? Are you upset? Are you sad? Are you whatever? Yeah. Or like, what is this? Are you not happy or something? Because it's just the, the way I'm not an ecstatic person. And right. I don't think you are either from what i know no, certainly you as not. like you're not, not usually you're not the kind of person that'd be like yeah i'm super super happy and like yeah i sorry I, no go, yeah, go ahead go and ahead. finish go ahead and finish actually I'll, it's just like i'll post time I, around. I feel like people expect that to a point or or it's at least been so ingrained into you that other people expect that that you mm-hmm. feel like they do and then you feel bad for not feeling that and at a certain point you kind of have to like come to terms with the fact that like, that's just not who I am. But, (laughs) but you have to also realize then that other people may be expecting that. And if they do, and you can't do that, no matter what you feel, that's not like, it's not a healthy relationship. Yeah. You can't be, you can't be something you're not. And if something that you are, isn't what the other person is expecting, everything else kind of just falls into place where you're like, I can't do this yeah it's not something it's not who i am i can't i can't fake it because if i do you'll know and even if you don't know i can't i can't do that for the rest of my life (laughs) right yeah i was just gonna say it it's interesting that emotions are kind of built up as something that is so universal and that like if someone asks me if i'm happy which I don't know how often it actually comes up in practice, but I feel like there's never been a point in my life when I've been yes. Like I would never answer yes to that question. Yeah. I don't think just because like, I don't know if it's because my concept of happy in my mind is different from what other people view as happy, or if it's just because I'm not capable of feeling to the same extent, I guess, as other people, or maybe just expressing to the same thing. This might be just like some emotionally stuntedness of mine where I'm I'm just like, (laughs) I'm not developed emotionally, I suppose, in some aspects, which that's, that's a whole nother discussion, I think. But I think it's fascinating that like, there is that, that kind of expectation that we place on ourselves to react in a certain way, especially like now, with online media being such a thing where so many people are just constantly reacting to things in a public forum and being like, I fucking hate Twitch chat. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) I fucking hate Twitch chat. I hate a lot of Twitch streaming and stuff because it's just so hyperbolic. Yeah. They, they exaggerate their, their reactions on stream, but also everyone in chat is like screaming fucking poggers and and just like, just going wild for something that's just like someone's playing a video game on screen. Right. And I'm not saying that they're wrong for being excited about that, but I've never once in my life felt that excited about anything. I don't think. And that's kind of like, maybe that's on me, but that it just feels so fake. And I, I hate more than anything trying to put up this front of feeling something or, or being some way that I'm not. I mean, yeah. Like, it's crazy. And even, lol, dude, like, LOL, yeah. laugh out loud. Nobody's <laughs> fucking laughing out loud. Yeah. Like, it's, I, I know think about that on said, a daily basis. I know this has been said so many times, and I do it. I type it. Yeah, so do I. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, an instinct. <laughs> yeah, everyday part of my lexicon. There's almost, like, I'd say half of the things I type have lol somewhere in there. Yeah. But, like, I'm not. I have... When a was dead, the last just a time? deadpan face, yeah. Yeah, I have not. Yeah, I half the time I don't even do the fucking light, like, like light yeah. blow out of my nose thing, where it's like not, a, not even a turtle. But it's just a thing where you're like, I acknowledge. It's almost like saying I acknowledge that that's funny. There was or, an attempt made to be humorous. Yeah, so I'm just gonna acknowledge it. 
Yeah. But I don't I don't fucking know, man. Maybe we're just assholes, man. I don't know. I think I think there's some truth to uh the disconnectedness of that like that the internet or just that not face to face connection yeah has made. For sure. As much as I definitely praise technology and stuff that's happening it's all super cool and what it's not all super cool but there's plenty (laughs) of good things that have been happening in the technological space but it's definitely harming us as a society in other ways for sure yeah there's some some good with some bad a little good little bad but we did talk about this album we did and we ranted a bit at the end yeah we're almost at an hour now i guess for everyone else it's about 50 minutes but We'll, we'll wrap this up next week. Join us because uh, we're going to be talking about an album titled RKS from the artist slash band question mark Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Uh, this was an album that was recommended to me from one of my friends um, a while back, a few months back. And I said, we can get to it at some point. And I didn't uh, have an album to pick at the end of or at, at the start of tonight. So I was just like, you know, what? We'll, we'll try this album. So I don't really know what to expect. I know vaguely what the other person, the person that recommended this to me, what their taste in music is. So I kind of have some vague expectation that's not going to be anything too wild. But uh, yeah, Rainbow Kitten Surprise, RKS, come back next week. Let us know in the comments if you uh, liked our rant <laughs> or if you have, have, if you want to yell at me for being emotionally stunted or, or un, ha- having a, a low emotional IQ level. Or whatever, you know, just just yell at us, berate us in the comments if you want, or if you enjoyed this, you know, do tell tell us that as well. I guess encouragement, <laughs> encouragement is is good. I, I want to be wanted, so want me, you know. Yeah. Fucking hell, stay on our feedback loop. Really.